This is The Talk is Good, a place to hear audio fan fiction by the author, Crystal Orr. You can find us on SoundCloud, and finally, you can find us on iTunes. Search for either The Talk is Good, under Podcasts, or even easier, search for Calzona, under Podcasts. Before we get started, I just wanted to say two things. One, thank you so much for your patience. I know it's been a while since I've posted a chapter, so I apologize for that. Life has been crazy. And two, I wanted to shout out to all the listeners that have tuned into this podcast. Hopefully you're enjoying these two great stories. Hopefully I'm encouraging you to check out Shannara 66 slash Crystal Orr's other stories. I do get some stats on the countries and the cities of all the listeners. So I just wanted to take this opportunity again to thank you very much for listening. So thanks to everyone here in the US, Canada, United Kingdom, Netherlands, Brazil, Singapore, South Africa, Belgium, Australia, Germany, Romania, France, Mexico, Sweden, India, Russian Federation, Italy, Portugal, Indonesia, Poland, Greece, Dominican Republic, Thailand, Norway, Peru, Ireland, Switzerland, the Philippines, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, Turkey, Iraq, Syria, Arab Republic, Taiwan, province of China, Serbia, and Saudi Arabia. Thank you so much. That's pretty cool. That's the United Nations right there of awesome fans. And also, I see you, Tampa, Ottawa, Canada, Saginaw, Michigan, New York, New York, Worcester over in the UK, Rio de Janeiro over in Brazil, Cape Town, South Africa. There's way more cities, as you can imagine, um, and too many to name. But thank you all, all so much for tuning in. So that's it for the admin. Sorry I've been away so long. Check us out on iTunes. Head over there. Like the podcast. Write a comment. Um... I really appreciate it. All right, on with the show. Hi again, Calzona, Grey's Anatomy, and fan fiction fans. Welcome to the reading of Chapter 8 of the Calzona AU Fanfic Imaginary by Shinara66. S-H-I-N-A-R-A-6-6. Go over to LiveJournal.com. You'll be able to find her, this fic, and her other incredible Calzona stories. Her moniker again is Shinara66. You can also find her on Amazon.com. She is a published author. Her real name is Crystal Orr with a K-O-R-R. She has an amazing two-book fantasy saga called The Beautiful Whisper of the Goddess. At the end of chapter seven, we found the girls on the roof of Venus forging a connection. And it was chapter three of a four chapter series on in a very, very important day in this Calzona's story. So let's get to it. Imaginary chapter eight by Shannara 66. Published on Live Journal on August 6, 2013. 
I can remember in vivid detail, despite my alcohol consumption, that night on the roof as Callie and I gazed at the stars. If I were prone to cheesy ramblings, I'd have to say that night was magical. I think we've all had moments that we look back upon and recalled with a nostalgic and fantastical light. That night with Callie was one such night. It wasn't that we did anything physical or sexual. Quite the opposite, actually. We talked. And that, I think, can sometimes be far more intimate. For what are we doing when speaking to another person but bearing a small part of soul unknowingly to them? We are sharing our opinions, our beliefs, and dreams. We take a chance that the other person will accept us, understand us, and possibly even have compassion for us. Though I tried to fight it with everything I was, something kept me with Callie that night. I saw something in her, some need that outweighed my own to be reclusive, some gentleness and vulnerability that I could not turn away from. Upon learning that Callie was in fact single, it became easier for me to get to know her. That was not to say that she then got the full expose of Arizona Robbins. No, we still had our hurdles, our obstacles, our fears to overcome. But that night, we were two lonely and misunderstood souls who found a moment of peace in one another. To me, that is intimacy. Sharing one's body is one thing, certainly. But sharing the parts of you that define wholly who you are as a person, <laughs> that is entirely a different matter. When combined with other aspects of intimacy, I believe we are capable of achieving a nirvana in a sense. If we have allowed another person to glimpse our most exposed inner workings. I had no way to know it then. But that night with Callie marked a first step for me, for us. A first step that would someday take me away from my forlorn isolation. I was scared that night, scared that I was allowing myself to possibly fall in love with Callie. Scared that I was setting myself up for disappointment, but also scared that I might be discovering someone who had the power to change me and bring me out of my shell. A person can't not be intrigued by Callie Torres. The woman is about as complex as they come. She is a beautiful dichotomy that walks on two legs and begs a person to just live. She's never been a person who was afraid to try new things, who allowed a lack of general knowledge over any given topic to deter her from charging full force into it anyway. Me? <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. In my head, I'm suave and charming, and I can envision myself doing any number of things, but in reality, I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of not measuring up, not being enough, and not being able to give someone, no matter my relationship with them, everything they desire of me. Callie changed my perspective on a lot of things. She made me feel comfortable enough to explore more of my potential, and she never, in doing so, 
made me feel awkward or less than I was. She, I believe, is a person who personifies what it means to love selfishly. From the moment she met me, Callie tried to protect me and comfort me. Whether she tried to do so with playful flirting or unexpected humor, the result was always the same. She made me feel okay to be myself. She made me want to tear down the walls I'd built around my heart. Ironically, she was also the person who scared the daylights out of me and made me question myself at every turn. She was the person who threw my world, my stable and well-grounded world, into a topsy-turvy spin that kept me guessing. Yes, Callie is unlike any person I've ever met. Despite trying to fight her, she persisted until she won my heart. That night on the roof of Venus, I let my guard down and I let myself enjoy the company of another person. The moment would not last because of my own stubborn refusal to let someone in fully. But for just a brief snippet in time, I felt like I wasn't alone, like I was part of something bigger. Looking back on that night, I want to go back in time and kick myself. Callie was perfect, although I was unwilling to accept just how perfect she was for me at that time. I suppose it doesn't matter. Every good step forward and bad step backward shaped our relationship. It made us who we are and who we came to be together. In that thinking, I can't honestly be upset about my past reluctance or hesitations. I came to be where I needed to be. Every small moment I shared with Callie was a needed step. That night, as we stared at the star, shall forever be one of my favorite times. I'm not afraid to admit it now, but it was magical in its own way. Every moment with Callie during that time was magical. She shattered a lot of my perceptions of people. Before her, I believe artists to simply be people seeking the attention and approval of their peers, masquerading under the guise of a misunderstood soul. To me, they were more a fad and a subculture than anything resembling depth and insight. Callie changed that belief for me. She allowed me to see that she was the epitome of an artist. She was expression in human form. Everything about her was about conveying some desire, some thought, or some long-hidden pain or fear. She used art and music and her body and the way she interacted with people to express herself. Thinking back, I can appreciate my early curiosity about her. She was a mystery, much like myself. In our own ways, we were each creative and poetic spirits seeking enlightenment. Where I chose to live inside my head and hide behind my words, Callie, ever the extrovert, chose to tell the world her story in every action she took, in every painting she brought to life, and in every song she played. As we looked upon the stars that night so very long ago, 
We connected in a way neither of us would be able to appreciate fully for some time to come. Our bardic inclinations sparked a deeper desire in both of us. Callie, naturally, had been more prone to follow that feeling, while I had baffled at what it could mean. Retrospect is a strange and confusing window to use when recalling the events of our lives. It's always far easier to justify emotions and decisions in the moment than it is when looking back and remembering them. Do you think it's possible for a person to be hurt so much and betrayed so many times that they eventually lose their humanity and simply become indifferent? Callie turned her head to the left and looked at Arizona curiously. The softly spoken question had startled her. The two of them had been on the roof of Venus for nearly two hours. Callie had gone down to the bar earlier to grab a bucket of ice and several bottles of water. And both she and Arizona had spent the next hour and a half looking up at the nighttime sky and making small talk. She couldn't believe how comfortable she felt lying next to someone who was still so much of a stranger to her. Her thoughts had not lingered on what today was. She had been able to simply enjoy being in Arizona's company. For the first time in 14 years, Callie had not hidden herself away to deal with her pain. She had not used sex as a coping mechanism, nor had she stewed in her angry and heavy-hearted emotions. Instead, she talked with someone she found interesting. She made jokes and laughed and been able to keep herself from despairing. Arizona would never understand how much Callie valued and appreciated that. Taking in her companion's furrowed brow, Callie pondered over the nature of her question. Is this question a hypothetical, or are you asking from a personal perspective? Arizona licked her lips and released a heavy breath. Most of the alcohol in her system was no longer present, but she could still feel some of the vodka muddling up her inhibitions. Spending the last few hours with Callie had been unexpected. Everything about it had been unexpected. Arizona had actually enjoyed the other woman's company immensely. The two of them had seemed to just click. So easy and naturally flowing had their conversations been. Arizona had found herself nearly wishing to tell Callie everything about her past and her opinions, but something had stopped her. Some fear that nagged just at the back of her thoughts. Still, she could not stop the desire to get certain of Callie's own opinions, and thus her question had come into existence. Callie's probing at whether or not her question held a personal nature brought up a wave of apprehension in Arizona. She felt a familiar wall clamp around her heart and beg her to keep her silence. Callie watched her for a long moment, a vain hope in her gentle pause that Arizona would open up to her. When it became apparent that the blonde was not going to elaborate, Callie looked back up at the sky and answered, 
I'd like to think that humans are very resilient, you know? I'd like to think that no matter how horrible something is that happens to us, we have it in us to overcome it and be better. Arizona turned to look at Callie as she spoke, her soft blue eyes seeking some confirmation she did not know she needed. I mean, what's the alternative, Arizona? To just become unable to feel anything? To die from the inside out? No. I think we can close ourselves off when we feel the need to protect ourselves, but I like to think that we can never lose our humanity. Admitting that as a possibility is admitting that evil and negativity win out at the end. Silence met the end of Callie's words, and it hung between the two women, though comfortably. When Callie finally looked back in Arizona's direction, she found her gaze locked with a penetrating blue one. Arizona's eyes were more open than she had ever seen them, and Callie tried to imprint the moment within her memory. Why do you ask? She questioned. Do you think you're becoming indifferent? Staring into Callie's eyes for a moment longer, Arizona turned away and mumbled. I don't know. It doesn't matter, I guess. I was just curious. You sure? Callie probed gently as she watched Arizona fidget with the collar and sleeves of her blouse nervously. Yeah, it's nothing. Sensing there was more to Arizona's question, but not willing to push when there was obvious discomfort, Callie smiled even though Arizona wasn't looking at her. Okay, she said easily. So, you know some about my family. Why don't you tell me a bit about yours? Brothers? Sisters? Overbearing father? Arizona was thankful for the change in topic. She had felt herself becoming rather emotional and was grateful for a chance to collect herself. Callie remained silent as she worked to calm her breathing and once again get to a place of peaceful reflection. She turned her head again to meet Callie's smirking expression. She could easily talk about her family. That was a safe enough topic. Well, she started and was happy her voice no longer felt shaky. My father can be a little overbearing, but he was in the Marines, so I guess I can't fault him. You come from a military family? Callie asked, immediately intrigued. She rolled onto her side and propped her head up on her hand so she could look down at Arizona. Yeah, five generations of Robins have served the country. That's actually where I got my name. Callie pursed her brows together in confusion, and Arizona laughed. <laughs> Not a history buff? Hell no, Callie replied with a small chuckle. My grandfather served on the Arizona at Pearl Harbor. He died saving 19 men before he drowned. A somber and thoughtful expression came over Callie's features. Wow, that's actually pretty amazing. 
I was thinking along the lines of your parents being traveling hippies who conceived you in Arizona, thus your unique name. When Arizona burst into a fit of laughter, Callie continued, Yeah, yeah, I know. I was pretty close to asking you if your siblings were named Nevada or Vermont or something. The two shared a companionable moment of laughter. Callie learned that night that she not only enjoyed Arizona's genuine smiles, but also the melodic quality of her laughter. After composing herself, Arizona shook her head, her eyes remaining on Callie's. No. My brother's actually got a normal name. Yeah? What's that? Timothy. Arizona responded. Her eyes lowered for a moment as if in thought. Callie frowned at the change. What is it? She asked. Nothing. Arizona responded, not wishing to dwell upon anything sad. She shook her head and cleared her throat. As much as she enjoyed Callie's company, she wasn't quite ready to tell the other woman her life story or her earthly woes. Doing so would only make her more vulnerable than she was prepared to be. Callie didn't need to know that she felt Tara and Joanne's, not to mention a slew of other people from her past, betrayal and abuse of her, had left her wondering if she was slowly becoming dead inside. Callie didn't need to know that her brother had died seven years ago while serving his country. She didn't need to know Arizona still, to this day, had nightmares about his passing. Callie watched Arizona for another moment. It was obvious to her that Arizona was refusing to tell her certain things, just as it was obvious she was holding back and keeping Callie at a safe distance. As patient a person as Callie was, she couldn't deny that she found that particular trait in Arizona extremely annoying. It made it hard to get a read on the other woman, to understand her thoughts so as to not be offensive. Choosing not to press the issue once again, Callie nodded and tried to appear unaffected. Well, my parents gave me and my sister names we both would never have picked out ourselves. Yeah? Arizona pressed. She sat up and mirrored Callie's position the action bringing them slightly closer together. Yeah, Callie laughed as she held Arizona's intense blue eyes. My sister's name is Aria. Aria? Arizona said, her nose crinkling cutely. Like an expressive melody in music? Surprised, Callie could only nod with appreciation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's it exactly. Smiling, Arizona lowered her head and played with the blanket underneath her. The quiet up on the roof made it easy for her to forget about how horrible life and people were. Callie had been correct when she had told her it was like another place. That's how Arizona felt, like she had transported to a new world where she was not concerned with her own sorrows as much. She felt Callie's eyes on her. Her heart beat faster as she tried to calm her body's reaction to something so simple. 
your name's not different. She spoke in a soft tone. Callie chuckled. (laughs) Oh, please. That statement just shows how much you still have to learn about me. Arizona glanced back up and smiled. Something about having the opportunity to learn more about Callie made her nervous with excitement, yet also put her on alert. She knew she was beginning to allow Callie to get close to her, and that frightened her. What does that mean? Callie is now a weird name? Leaning closer, Callie placed her lips next to Arizona's ear, enjoying the sharp inhale the motion elicited. Let me just say that Callie is short for something and leave it at that, she whispered. She did not immediately pull away. Instead, choosing to appreciate the scent of Arizona's shampoo. After a moment, however, she pulled away and resumed her nonchalant air. Arizona's flushed face was the only visible evidence of her flustered state. That and the darkened hue of her eyes. She stared at Callie for a moment and tried to think of something witty to say, but came up short. Callie laughed and said, (laughs) You're not the only one who gets to be all secretive and mysterious. At 2.15 that morning, Callie and Arizona were still deep in easy conversation. The wind had picked up a bit and was gently blowing across the roof. Both women were snacking on chips and drinking water as they remained lounging on soft blankets. So how do you know Alex? Callie asked. He doesn't exactly seem like the type of person you'd be friends with. Arizona, whose eyes were closing occasionally, looked to her right. She was on her back with her legs bent at the knees and her right arm underneath her head for neck support. Her left hand rested against her stomach. Hmm, she hummed. Funny story. Well, (laughs) let's hear it. Callie joked. It was about five years ago, I think. We met on campus. Alex wasn't a student. He was there that night for beer and women at some stupid frat party. Callie laughed as Arizona rolled her eyes at Alex's reasons for being on a college campus. (laughs) Anyway, we bumped into each other and he proceeded to proposition me. She finished with a laugh as she recalled the memory. Callie smirked, amused, and shook her head. And you never slept with him? Arizona whipped her head around, an eyebrow raised, and asked, Um, did you not hear me earlier say I was a lesbian? Oh, believe me, I heard that part, Callie said with a smile. I just, I mean, that was five years ago. And? Well, I mean, wait, have you never been with a guy, like ever? Arizona felt herself grow defensive. What the hell did it matter? Why did people always have to ask that question? 
No one ever asked a straight guy if he was sure he was straight because he had never taken it up the ass by another guy. That question would offend any straight person, as it should. So why was it okay to ask a woman if she had never had sex with a man? The question had always annoyed her. It made her feel as if she had to defend herself and her sexuality, as if she was someone less than who she claimed to be because she hadn't done something natural, like sleep with a member of the opposite sex before discovering that she was, in fact, gay. What the hell does it matter? She asked Callie heatedly, her eyes shooting daggers. Realizing her unintended mistake, Callie's eyes widened as she held up her hands. Hey, hey, no offense. It doesn't matter exactly. I was just curious. I think that's awesome. That I haven't slept with a man? Arizona questioned incredulously. That you knew who you were, Callie replied simply. Arizona was silent for a long moment as she processed Callie's easy statement. The brown eyes holding her gaze did not waver, nor did they appear to be withholding a falsehood. She believed Callie. Well, she started breaking the silence. For the record, I think it makes me pretty awesome too. Relieved at not having offended Arizona too badly, Callie released a heavy breath before laughing as well. <sighs> Good to know you think so highly of yourself, she joked. Yeah? Well, being a lesbian means I get to pick whatever size I want. Seems better that way anyway. So who needs a man? Arizona said surprising herself with her own flippant and crude joke. Yep, the vodka, despite the water she had, was still affecting her. Another round of laughter ensued after that. Arizona settled back down on her blanket and shook her head. She could not believe what a good time she was having with Callie. How long had it been since she had been able to just talk with someone so far into the night and early morning hours. A quick look at her watch showed the time as nearly a quarter to 3 a.m. Oh, geez. I didn't know it was so late. Or early, Callie said quickly. She wasn't ready for Arizona to leave, for their time together to be at an end. What was she going to do when she was left alone with her thoughts, with the knowledge of what today was? She didn't want to take a step backward and seek solace in Mark, especially since she had shown Arizona she was interested in her. But she also didn't wish to cry herself to sleep in her basement studio. Still, it wasn't Arizona's responsibility to care for her. The two of them were barely more than acquaintances at the moment and Arizona didn't even know the nature of what today meant for Callie. Baylana is probably wondering where I am, Arizona said, breaking into Callie's reverie. Baylana? Callie asked. Who the hell was that? Arizona had told her she didn't have a girlfriend, and Callie doubted she had kids. So who was this Baylana? Trying to quell any unnecessary jealousy, Callie inquired. I mean, 
That's a different name. What is it? Klingon, Arizona responded with an amused smile pulling at her lips. Callie's furrowed brow was priceless. Klingon? Like Star Wars? This made Arizona sit back up and brace her weight on her right arm. Star Wars? Seriously? What? Callie questioned, honestly confused. Star Wars is Yoda, Callie. Star Trek is Klingon. Laughing at her faux pas, Callie covered her face with her hands. Again, Arizona had surprised her. She had never pegged the gorgeous blonde as a nerdy Star Trek fan. (laughs) Sorry, she mumbled past her fingers. (laughs) I'm not a history buff or a sci-fi aficionado. Arizona tossed Callie a playful look, meant to be one of irritation. Uh Uh-huh, I see that. Star Wars. Callie laughed one more time and rolled back onto her side. Sorry, so who is this Bailana? Deciding to let Callie off easily, Arizona responded. She's my cat. The next few minutes were spent with Arizona telling Callie about Bailana, how long she had had her, what her quirks were, the full explanation of her name, negating the shared Torres last name, and how she kept Arizona company while writing. You're so easy to talk to, Callie said, as she and Arizona both looked up at the stars above. During their time together on the roof, they had taken turns pointing out constellations they knew, and even making up a few. I feel like I can tell you anything. The words, though they had been nothing more than honest and true, aroused massive alarm in Arizona. She tried not to allow them to affect her, but they did. They were familiar. So, so familiar. How often had she heard them? From Tara. From Joanne from people she had known who pretended to be her friend. They had all, every one of them, said nearly the exact same words to her. They had made her feel special, only to drop her when she became too much of an inconvenience or when they got what they wanted from her and left. And here was Callie. Sweet, interesting, sexy, smart, and amusing Callie telling her the same thing, telling her that she was easy to talk to, telling her in a sense that she was no different than all the rest, even when Arizona wanted so badly to believe that she was. Sitting up and adjusting her top, Arizona tried to calm herself. She brushed at her wind-blown hair and made a show of looking once again at her watch. Callie sat up with her, and studied her profile. There was a defensive air around Arizona now that had not been present just a moment before. Callie found herself wondering what had caused the sudden change, but she knew she couldn't press Arizona, even if she was now slightly annoyed. What? 
Callie asked. What is it? What did I say? Arizona went about picking up any empty bags or bottles to occupy herself. Callie's scrutinizing gaze left her feeling awkward. She needed to get home so she could process everything that happened today. Tonight. She needed to collect herself. And she knew that wasn't going to be possible while in Callie's intoxicating presence. Nothing. It's nothing. I just need to get home. It's three in the morning and I'm tired. You can stay here. Callie offered quickly before she could stop to think. What? Arizona asked, her voice raising in alarm. Callie realized how her offer must have sounded. I didn't mean it like that. I have some cots in the basement. You're welcome to stay the night if you don't want to have to travel home so late. Arizona mulled over the idea for only a moment before dismissing it as dangerous and foolhardy and shaking her head. No, no, that's fine. Thanks, but, uh, I need to check on Baylana and change and... Okay, Callie interrupted. I get it. At least let me call you a cab. Arizona agreed, and the two women cleaned up the remaining evidence of their time together. Blankets were folded. Trash was tossed into a bin. Food was placed back into its hiding place. Callie called Arizona a cab at around 3.15 that morning. Walking over to the ladder that would lead them back down, Callie grabbed Arizona's shoulder gently to get her attention. Hey, she called softly. When Arizona turned toward her, Callie said, I just wanted to thank you for tonight. The anniversary didn't seem so overwhelming this year, and that's thanks to you. So, thank you, Arizona. Arizona blushed, but nodded her head, unsure what to say in response. She felt almost guilty because she had forgotten about what Callie was going through. Asshole, the voice inside her head called her. Oh yeah, sure, no problem, she said in response and with a small smile. Callie stepped closer, and for a moment Arizona feared she was going to try to kiss her. But Callie turned her head and left a chaste peck on her cheek. The softness of Callie's lips did not go unnoticed, nor did the fire the simple caress ignited. Arizona swallowed the lump of nerves that sprang inside her and held her breath. When Callie pulled away and simply smiled at her, Arizona felt like a teenager unable to respond to her first sexual advance. Good night, Arizona. Thank you again. Be safe. With that, Callie walked around Arizona and descended the ladder. Song Lyrics She's got a poet's spirit. She bums among the clouds. She never stops believing. She only dreams out loud. There's a jackpot in the dresser. She's fallen in the bath. And if you need to kiss her, don't forget your stash.
because she gives it away and you're fascinated by her and she does it again. With simple and brilliant desire, she gives it away and you're fascinated by, by her. Beth Hart, by her. Author's note. A quick thanks to QBE13 for the suggestion of Beth Hart's By Her song. I know this wasn't as long as everyone was probably hoping for, but I gave the girls a good starting point. Callie's made a definite impression on little broody Arizona, and that means a lot. We'll get more insight on both ladies' thoughts in the next few chapters, and some of Callie's past will be revealed somewhat within chapter 9 or 10. Thanks again to everyone who's enjoying this different take on our favorite girls. A huge thanks and virtual hug to all of those who take the time to share your thoughts with me. Until next time. <sighs> Roof time with Callie and Arizona. And thus concludes the four-chapter story of the day before the anniversary of Callie's traumatic event. The four-chapter story of Arizona and Callie finally, finally starting to make a connection. Time in the park, a picture drawn, some time at the club, and some late-night conversation. With each encounter and each conversation, the girls are getting closer. In Chapter 7, if you remember, Callie asked Arizona about her need for mindless release. And then here in Chapter 8, Arizona asks about losing her humanity and becoming indifferent. They're both lost and sad and damaged. And they're both hot and they're both artists. So we do see the girls stepping closer together. Join me next time for the reading of Chapter 9 of Imaginary, where the story picks up the next morning, the 14-year anniversary of Callie's traumatic event. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to The Talk is Good, available on soundcloud.com, and now on iTunes.